0: When you try to set your lineup, but you don't know what to do. You can't make your mind up, need someone to turn to. We've got your back, we've got the
1: stats, we'll help you block out all the haters. For fantasy football help, call
0: 25 yards later. Hi. So a little bit of a different episode today. Um, we are, of course, going to do a uh normal kinda of, some normal stuff with our previews. Gonna do a little bit of fewer previews, but since there's so much uh, you know, there's probably only like five percent of fantasy football leagues that are still playing. But um we of course are going to talk a little about the big discussion that has kind of dominated the week in the nfl um this is by the way the 25 yards later fantasy football podcast Mm -hmm. um which i did not bring up because i am trying to be uh, we're 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 gonna be a little more serious at the beginning so i didn't want to just yell it into the microphone this time i'm nick luciano i'm elijah motica we're here yeah, well, you're here. I've been talking for a minute. And, <laughs> um, so, um, of course, uh, I don't know if you, you you pretty much have to be living under a rock if you're an NFL fan and did not uh, experience the Damar Hamlin um, news um, where he collapsed on the field, uh, suffered a cardiac arrest uh, during the Monday night football game um i actually was not watching the game at the time um i was finishing up a movie and uh uh, just have i had no idea what anything was out of the ordinary or happening i had uh i wasn't really monitoring my phone much and so i go to turn on the game i see adam schefter talking very seriously about what was happening and i was like no this is this is too much for my mental health today and i was Mm -hmm. like we're just going to not do this i think but um i'm sure it will not surprise our listeners that as our resident bengals fan uh elijah did witness it live and uh just kind of wanted to talk about kind of his experience with it as well
1: yeah, and and through all of this, obviously, I, I guess I'll I'll preface it all or center it all on you know Demar Hamlin and his recovery. Uh, we actually mm. were able to get some good news today. Yes, um, we, and, we
0: delayed the show specifically to hope to that we did get some some good right. news. So
1: yeah, and so if in case you haven't seen it, we're recording on Thursday this week instead of our usual Wednesday, and so the show will. Not have a whole day to to wait for things to change before releasing it, um, but you know the news today is that he's made substantial progress and uh, is demonstrating signs of good neurologic recovery. Um, that there's been some communication uh, that he's been able to write and read, uh, and you know be able to have his family with mm-hmm. him and whatnot and be aware, uh, which is. Pretty incredible news, especially this soon after yeah. uh you know being yeah <laughs> you know, having your heart stop on Monday. Um yeah, so really obviously, you know, super happy for that news to come out you know. today. It's been a somber few days as we're waiting and uh you know, people are praying and just hoping for, for some recovery. As somebody watching the game, it was such a I mean, it was such a strange experience. Obviously, you know, I've never seen anything like that in in sports. I wasn't, you know, watching the the soccer game when that happened a couple of years ago. Uh, the only thing that I could relate it to uh, was the Bengals-Steelers game uh, from a few years back. Uh, and I'm blanking on his name suddenly. Um, when the Steelers linebacker, uh, you know, Delivered a hit and then ended up mm. paralyzed. Uh, um,
0: Ryan Shazier. Yes.
1: Uh. Yeah. Ryan Shazier. Like that's the only thing that I could equate it to. But this was, uh, even on a grander scale. You know. Obviously, like that. That wasn't a uh, a life or death type of scenario. Even though obviously it was a huge life impact for him. Uh. But they finished that game. You know. And they they played through it. And obviously this one on Monday Night Football, they did not. And it was such a a big. <laughs> game with huge implications and it was so jarring seeing the players faces and really I just watching the broadcast I just felt this big you know looming sadness uh, and and despair and you could kind of see it on everybody's faces and you could feel it looking through at the rest of the world of just looking on Twitter and looking at everything just everybody trying to figure out what happened and everybody's so worried. Um, And so really the outpouring of emotion and like good humanity that has happened since then Mm -hmm. is, you know, really warms your heart and seeing the, I think the number at this point is over $7 million raised for his toy fund that uh, through Damar Hamlin's charity that had an initial goal of $2,500 and, you know, that is, you know, that, that's really incredible. And how the broadcast was handled on ESPN and what was such a challenging spot for for them as well to try and keep a broadcast going when there's so much uncertainty and so much heaviness. And mm. I really want to also commend, you know, all of the, the broadcasters there and obviously commend the medical uh, folks that were part of the staff that really acted quickly and in a way that, Seems to have saved DeMar Hamlin's life, so I want to center the whole conversation just around like, you know, we're here to to be kind of silly and to talk about this game about a game, and that's what we do, and we put out this show. And when things happen like this, it's been you know, if you consume media, you know, these words have been said a lot about this, but it it supersedes the game of football and anything associated with it. It's just about humanity. And this was you know, something that I'd never seen before and uh, a pretty, a, just a, a really challenging situation all around and obviously most challenging for Damar Hamlin and his family, but really mm-hmm. excited for the good news that we were able to get today. And hopefully that leads to more good news and a continued recovery and hopefully uh damar hamlin's able to receive all of the love that's been headed that direction um yeah
0: and, and- just every story that i've heard uh, about his family both during this process and even kind of the people that they were beforehand uh, has just been like incredible kind of stories uh, uh post the injury kind of him or them kind of going out of their way to be like, no, don't blame T Higgins for this. Um, And kind of the grace and strength that they all showed. Um, Yeah. It's uh, a lot of truly uh, inspiring and uh, stuff that just kind of shows the best parts of humanity. In the kind of a very dark, uh, otherwise dark and bleak time uh, and uncertain time.
1: Yeah. Um, And that, you know, that was echoed as well by some of the Bills players. Josh Allen put out a statement at the end of his press conference today around T. Higgins because that's something that T. Higgins was getting a lot of. You know, some really negative stuff said his direction on social media. And it was such a, a freak incident um, mm. that, you know, it happens in football games, in basketball games, in other sports, you know, dozens of times a game. And just in this super unique circumstance and situation that this happened. But I can't imagine being T as well. You know to especially before this news that we got today, you know with the weight that he you know could have been carrying around being the last person to be in contact with somebody that you know then had a heart attack uh that was partially a reaction you know to the the shoulder that you know to Higgins' shoulder it's such a such a challenging and heavy thing, and so the grace as you mentioned that you know the Bills players and Dwy Hammond's family and others have shown. With T, there's just been so much love uh, and so much positive humanity associated with the reaction to this, uh, which is just really powerful to see, and super happy for you know I I don't know about you, but I again we follow mostly offensive players uh, with mm. fantasy football. Like I had never, you know, I didn't know of Demar Hamlin's name uh, yeah. prior to this, but as as learning more about him and his like young career in the NFL but also what he's done to represent you know himself and his community and the positivity that he brings to spaces um it's a really just seems like a really you know good human being and so uh really obviously sad for the tragedy of what happened but happy that we have some positivity so that hopefully he can continue recovering and continue bringing that spirit to the rest of what he does in his life um
0: yeah so yeah and and i mean for one of the first things for him to ask is (laughs) ask who won like that's just that is the true legend stuff yeah Um, that Um, will that you know that that kind of uh I don't know. There's just something about that optimism, and even in his darkest moment, where he's kind of thinking about his team, and yeah, uh, thinking about things like that. that I, I think will kind of just uh, increase the uh, the the good parts of yeah, uh, just kind of embody the good parts of. Uh, again an otherwise awful situation um yeah i uh, the last thing i wanted to say is and this is it's kind of been on my mind a little bit is like i i do wonder if maybe this ends up being some sort of turning point and, and then none of this is meant to be like a judgment thing of like n- this should happen this shouldn't happen um it's just like kind of On my mind of like, is there something that flips here where uh, maybe like five, ten years from now we look back and we have we have a different NFL and uh, who even knows what that means? Maybe it means that um, a vastly different approach to player safety, um, which has obviously come to the forefront in recent years with concussions um and maybe it also means that maybe there is, uh, something changes in the the zeitgeist surrounding the NFL where maybe it uh, maybe it doesn't become uh, or our perceptions of it change um mm-hmm. uh, cuz i i think about like these concerns that have been uh raised in recent years really in like i guess the last decade now um that they've have really been forefronted of player safety and just kind of concerns of uh you know of the long-term health of these players one of kind of the one of like the kind of lasting images i have in my brain when i think of like player safety is a Feature that I want to say it may have been Jerome Bettis's last year. They did a feature on him of uh, like the day after game day, him barely able to walk, yeah. um, and and you know it just kind of reinforces these I and like in my brain kind of is like uh, sometimes of like how much of this game that we love is worth it for these you know, these human beings that whose a lot of whom's lives are drastically changed for the better, but a lot of whom's lives are drastically changed for the worst. Yeah. Um and just I, I do wonder if maybe we look back in a couple of years and there there is some sort of inflection point here of the NFL and it's place in the world and it's place in, um, in society and, uh, especially in America where it is kind of the dominant enter- not just sports force, but like borderline, the dominant entertainment force. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, if there is a pre Damar Hamlin and, uh, and a post Damar Hamlin, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. So but this uh, moment, you know, create some change uh it it certainly could i mean on a small level we've already seen some change that the saints released a statement today the saints and the pelicans are donating aeds you know defibrillators to all of the um the recreation departments around new orleans that they you know feel like that type of equipment and training should be Accessible at the youth sports level as well, um, and so getting some additional, you know, equipment and training to because situations like this have happened obviously in not so televised. I mean, this was mm-hmm. the the biggest Monday Night Football game, you know, in at least the last five years, probably as far as playoff implications and two amazing teams and everything, and you know the whole country was watching this game in this moment. And so it certainly could, I I can only hope that it has some positive ripple effects around player safety, you know, at all levels, but also I I hear what you're saying too, that it definitely feels, the gravity feels like something that may have a shift for maybe even how the game is played um, and how it's approached. Um, and with all of that, you know, I think it's... Uh, you know with that said I, I think it's really important to maintain the individual humanity of this and the you know think about the the greater scale of how it can impact others and so i just wanted to sort of wrap this conversation with we're, although we're about to talk about you know some of the goofiness and some of the silliness and you know this game about a game you know that we do for the rest of the show that in that centering and continuing to center uh, Tamar Hamlin and his recovery and not, you know, not moving away from that or forgetting about that, but moving forward into some other things that hopefully I know for me as a football fan uh, that it's helpful to have a little bit of, you know, something that you can move forward to and still have some, know, the love for football and the love for watching football are talking about it uh, while you're still maintaining that. So, um, you know, well wishes, obviously, to DeMar Hamlin's recovery. Mm -hmm. And if you are able to and interested in, you know, contribute some uh, money, if you can, towards that charity fund. You know, it's it's a good cause and obviously for a good human. And the only way that any of us can directly support uh, damar and his family and in, in this recovery and you know with that i guess shall we move on to the rest <laughs> of uh of the show in in a way you know yes. in the most unsmooth of transition you know there's no no clean way to transition out of that and into there's there's
0: no way to transition into a goofy thing like the touchback kicker of the week yeah no there, uh, there
1: certainly isn't but i i guess you know as as best as we can do i guess Uh, we can we'll talk about it a little bit in our we're going to do a little bit of a playoff picture as well but we can talk about the implications of the Bengals bills game that was you know suspended and now canceled but yeah let's uh well wishes to demar and you know to the family and obviously we'll keep that centered as we go throughout the show but let's get into the rest of the show
0: Yes, so our touchback player of the week is Robbie Gold from the 49ers who had 8 touchbacks last week. So congratulations to him for having the most kicks that made his opponents start their next drive 25 yards later. You kicked it really far. You
1: kicked it with your feet. You are the touchback player of the week. Congratulations.
0: Um so, hopefully, you are not in the like roughly 5% of leagues that still ha- are playing this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it, because, uh, uh, in just in general, yeah, the, just in general, the w- l- final weeks of the season are unpredictable with, uh, people wanting to rest their starters and, uh, Uh, you know just people having a lot of different motivations for um for who's playing who's not playing um i've told this story before uh but the the greatest team i ever assembled was ruined by a at that point week 17 championship game (laughs) uh when when a team that had led the league in points scored each of weeks 14, 15 and 16 got just demolished in week 17 because uh, like Jamal, Jamal Charles didn't play uh, just ever. No one played. <laughs> right. So. Um, so hopefully, yeah, that's, we, not this hopefully week. that's not you. Hopefully um, that's not you. We're talking about a team where I had I think it was like three of the top six running backs Mm -hmm. uh, like in total points scored on the entire season. Plus it was a, uh, league that gave points for kick return yards. And I had Cordero Patterson who had 2000 all purpose yards. So I had three of the top six running backs and a 2000 yard wide receiver on this team. Um, that again, It would have been impossible for me to lose any of the playoff weeks uh, except for week 17. So um, don't don't do that. (laughs) But don't don't have your the best team you ever assembled ruined by a, a championship game in the final week of the regular season.
1: But if it's too late now and you're already in it, we're here for you at least a little bit. Yes. And so. we wanted to to chat a bit about the, you know the biggest implication this week. The reason that it's so unpredictable is because obviously there are lots of teams that have nothing to play for, and so mm. even if your team, you know, as Knicks did, has all the best players, half of them might sit, and so you have to pay extra special attention to the news, to the team's motivation, and this might be a situation that you're going to score more fantasy points by benching even if he's active benching players like christian mccaffrey like mike evans like saquon barkley in favor of people like jonathan williams uh or you know these players that have not been started Mm -hmm. all season but suddenly have an opportunity um and And, so
0: yeah yeah, and we're gonna focus on some of those teams today um with the lions seahawks uh jaguars and eagles uh, that either could have something to play for or even if like in the case of the uh lions could potentially be eliminated we still kind of expect them to play hard and play a lot of their starters um so yeah uh the you can find a bunch of different uh, playoff scenario things online uh one article we want to recommend because it's from of course the unofficial third member of the 25 yards later podcast um he just doesn't know it yet uh kyle devorchok over at the website formerly known as roto world uh he has Apparently a 18
1: NBC sports edge uh because if you, i will I mean, not actually, say those words
0: in that no. order
1: well, if you search for Roto World, it still points you there. But, but you know, the farther that we get away from it being called Roto World, the harder it will be for people to find it by searching Roto World. So, uh,
0: see, that's that's what you think. But Matthew <laughs> Barry is back, and now Roto World is to, is <laughs> there. There is pops up on the on the site every here and there. So, uh, uh,
1: but anyways, uh, you know, Kyle Dvorak wrote this article, uh, the Week 18 NFL Motivation Tracker which really walks you through all the teams that are totally eliminated that have nothing to play for even the teams that have you know like the bears who they could earn the number 1 overall pick in the draft if they lose and the texans win so the bears are actually incentivized to sit players like Justin Fields and you know so it we couldn't obviously we we could do a whole hour show just on this and so we're not going to dive into that but really recommend checking out that article and paying close attention to the news all the way up to game times so that you're making sure that you're starting players that have a high likelihood to play a large number of snaps because opportunity is huge for fantasy and even if you know if some like Christian McCaffrey for example Hmm. you know they have a little bit to play for but if Christian McCaffrey plays for a quarter and then sits down you're not going to get as many fantasy points out of that as you are from maybe like a Jonathan Williams who plays all four quarters. Um so it, it's, it's a really wacky, wacky kind of week, but that article helps give you framework and then just pay close attention to that news. Uh, Cause that's really the most important part with last week of the season. Fantasy starts is, is not who's good. It's who's playing. <laughs> yeah. Who's
0: playing. Um, so, Yeah, we're mostly focusing on NFC teams because that is kind of where we have sort of the clearest picture, I think. Um, Also throwing kind of a wrench in things is that we have two Saturday games. Uh, So even with us coming recording on Thursday and coming out on Friday for once, things could still change by Sunday. Um, So... uh, including with one of our teams that we're going to talk about. Well, I guess not necessarily. It, that didn't make any sense. The Jaguars will they start first. Yeah. The Jaguars start everything off. So,
1: yeah. Um, and one thing to mention that we actually haven't yet is just before we started recording, the NFL released the statement that the bills and Bengals game simply will not be played. And there mm. are implications for that um, around like there's there's going to be a meeting you know on Friday where the owners are going to be reviewing this proposal for the potential of the AFC Championship game to be played at a neutral site if it involves the Bengals Bills or Chiefs and there are you know implications there aren't any implications for who makes the playoffs based on the game not being played mm-hmm. but there are implications for who has home field advantage and how the seeding works out in regards to Baltimore uh, and if they end up beating the Bengals this weekend in regards to Buffalo, if they end up, you know, winning or losing, etc.
0: Yeah. And I, I, there were a lot of, I don't know if anyone listening was following these, but there was a lot of speculation of a lot of wild scenarios of like expanding the playoffs and right, adding an eighth uh, team. <laughs> at, yeah. Adding an eighth. Team and having as sometimes some people thought that maybe like uh there would be a week 19 where just the bills and uh bengals played, and some people thought like oh, this will just uh, everything will be on on neutral field. It was a very it, it was hard to tell what what the true proposals were, but it, it does end up changing a little bit of the incentives, because maybe if the chiefs don't necessarily have to uh, get home field throughout the playoffs, uh, maybe they have a little less to play for maybe uh, same things with like the Bengals and chiefs. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard. It's a very difficult week to figure out uh, exactly what all the motivations are. So that's why, Definitely kind of monitor all the news and try to yep. dig into some of these articles, which I guess we'll link into the show notes. The yeah, the, the shock article. Right. So, yeah, um, Elijah, how about get us into some injury updates?
1: Yeah, so not too many news items here because there are, well, too many to actually list. So, just talking through some of the major. Injury implications, and there's a couple in the previews that we do as well. Uh, James Connor didn't practice on Thursday, knee and shin injuries. Corey Clement is the backup there. Obviously, they have a tough matchup against the 49ers, so not excited about that. Unfortunately, it's like all of the the backup running backs, you don't really feel confident in playing them because. They're playing against bad defenses, but this is one of them where Corey Clement could end up having a huge workload. Um, Josh Jacobs is questionable. The Raiders have nothing to play for, but he is leading the league in rushing and is going into free agency. And so there could be some motivation for Josh Jacobs to play and play a lot to secure that rushing leader title. Uh, But he's questionable for the game. Mike White with his uh, rib injury was downgraded on Thursday. And so he's looking doubtful right now for this game against the Dolphins, which is a must win for them. And Lamar Jackson with his knee injury, looks like he still is not practicing and he is not going to play this weekend. And there's some speculation about his availability for the playoffs, which the Ravens have clinched, obviously not the, um, not the seeding necessarily, but we'll see if he's actually able to even play in the playoff game, which if not, would be a, a huge challenge for this Ravens team yeah. um, because he is basically the whole offense.
0: Yeah, and if you look at their their scoring since Tyler Huntley took over, it's pretty pitiful. So, um, yeah, they, they definitely are aching to get Lamar back.
1: Yeah, um, and just a couple of running backs here. I'd mentioned Jonathan Williams' name a couple times because Brian Robinson with a knee injury didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. And this is on a team where Antonio Gibson has been placed on injured reserve. And so if neither of them are able to go, then that means that Jonathan Williams would be handling basically the entire workload and probably a little bit of Curtis Samuel mixed in there. So that that's a huge one to keep an eye on. Again, not a good matchup, but that's a situation where if this person and, you know, looking at daily as well, potentially we have some of these backup running backs that are the minimum price that could see 20 plus carries. So definitely some news to keep an eye on there. And then Derek Henry has practiced in full and is expected to play on Saturday, which is a must win for the Titans and the Jaguars in that game. And, Meanwhile, on that same team, Traylon Burks, with a groin injury, is headed in the other direction after being downgraded on Thursday. It looks like he might not end up playing, but you weren't really probably going to be starting Traylon Burks anyways. But in this week, if he was going to play the whole game, maybe you would (laughs) have wanted to. Um, So, yeah, that's all the news that we have right now. And I expect it to shift quite a bit as we go so keep an eye on that keep an eye on that motivations article to make some of your start to sit decisions and always be looking on your waiver wire for those backups for the starters that end up not playing
0: yeah Uh, we are going to take a quick ad break and we will be back on the other side with the previews you've been listening to another fine fine podcast on the rumination radio network This is Game Agent E.T. from Oh God, It Hurts! And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. And we are back. So the Detroit Lions are going to be traveling to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Both teams are 8-8. Uh, It is a 49 point over under and the Packers are favored by four and a half. So my understanding is that the Lions get into the playoffs with a win and a Seahawks loss. And we 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 tried to work through this before the show. That is, uh, I think, the only scenario where the Lions make it in is with a win and a Seahawks loss. But also. I'm not good with playoff scenarios. <laughs> yeah, there's some other real
1: wacky ones. Uh, here, here's one for you. I just I wanted to, to tell you this. So they could, if they tied the Packers and the Seahawks lose, then they're in. Or they could tie the Packers and the Rams and Seahawks tie and the Commanders beat the Cowboys, then the Lions are also in. All right. But basically if they win in the Seahawks list, and <laughs> yeah. the Lions get in.
0: <laughs> um yes, we would need a historic weekend where two different teams tied <laughs> yep. going into the playoffs. Um, it would not have been as it would not have been as wild as what was what was it the Raiders last? Who was it that needed a tie last year? The Raiders year if, and, and Chargers. If they tied each
1: other, then both of them would have gotten in. But no, they just had to go to overtime, and then a team won. Come on, just kneel, then you're both in.
0: Disappointing. (laughs) Oh, well. Um, So, uh, the Lions, uh, there is a chance where the Lions could effectively be eliminated by Sunday Night Football. That said, uh, we both kind of agree that we both kind of just expect the Lions to still play hard and play most of their people. Um, especially like they have a chance to finish over 500. They have a chance to um, kind of ruin the Packers' season and to make them finish under 500.
1: Winning in Lambo. Uh, Historically. yeah winning
0: in lambo uh, dan campbell i think would personally bite off aaron Rodgers's kneecap if if it did happen at least bite into um,
1: <laughs> what was that at least bite into if not bite off yes
0: <laughs> um I'm trying to. What's, I'm trying to think of a weird joke for for biting Aaron Rodgers. Something about like secondhand tie off of what, what's that <laughs> drug, ayahuasca, or something. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I, I don't know I my think. psychedelics too well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it could happen. You gotta be <laughs> careful when you're biting knees. Yeah, is that could that be transmitted
0: through the skin? I, um, let's not think too hard about it no this is exactly what i'm here to think about um so i i do like the the packers defense is not the best matchup across the board but i do think that uh the lions offense is good enough to where um they will have some chances to score points here it's a one of the highest over-unders of the week it's not the highest one but it's Mm -hmm. up there um and uh, so i do think that uh with kind of a close line and again with the lions either having a lot to play for or just wanting to play spoiler i do think that they will give the packers a game here um the place that you're going to want to target the most for points is going to be at the running back position so uh jamal williams had just came out of nowhere this year to rush for a thousand yards and 15 touchdowns um in standard scoring he is the rb9 on the year he's oh. quite a bit lower i want to say he's around rb15 or 17 in ppr that makes sense, um yeah. with his one catch yeah he with, with very oh, catch little weekend 12 catches yeah in the season yeah very little receiving upside there so um but those 15 touchdowns, those will take you, those will take you far. So, um, uh, Williams is a low floor, but high upside RB two option. Um, Deandre Swift continues to be kind of a flex option, uh, again, with a just depressingly low floor. Um, he does have some receiving upside at least, uh, which obviously jamal williams does not have so um in a shootout maybe deandre swift gets a little bit extra work um and, and so i do think that swift is a capable uh flex option here again the packers allowing the 11th most points to running backs so it is kind of the position that they're weakest in um Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, I think you're starting regardless as yeah. a wide receiver one. Uh, dude is an absolute stud. He's one of my favorite players of the year. I w- really want to try to make a case for him to be on our fantasy all pros team next week, but I don't I think he's just a little too far down to to do it. But um, you could try to make a uh, case. Yeah.
1: We can talk about it next week.
0: Um, I, I think he's just a little too far down to to get there, but I I would love for him to, to always next year to make it. Maybe he will, maybe he will put up two hundred yards or something this game and uh, shoot up to a top five wide receiver. And uh, I think let's see, he's at nine right now. So right. or that's in standard. Let's see where is he in PPR? He is. He is also still nine. Or no, that's why did it stay on standard. <sighs> mm, this is <laughs> amazing. amazing podcasting. He's seventh in in PPR, right. so nice. just a little too far down, I think. But uh, a great, a great player, great season. Yeah, uh, one of my favorites in the league right now. Um, DJ Chark is a risky flex play. He's had a, a couple of good games this this year, but. Um, also can put up some stinkers like uh two for 56 last week i guess like seven points is not killing you at the flex position but it's obviously suboptimal Mm -hmm. um and then uh not really looking at any of the other receiving options here uh jameson williams is intriguing uh, for the the, not from a you're playing him or considering playing him standpoint but more for the fact that he has like two career touches and they're both for more than 40 yards so that's a pretty good average right um and then uh their tight end brock wright uh has been a okay play uh or uh since tj hawkinson left but the low volume uh, is not really worth taking a shot at, even coming off of a two-touchdown performance. So, um, yeah, you are playing your running backs with some confidence. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown with all the confidence in the world. Jared Goff, I think, is a capable streamer in this game. And then, uh, yeah, uh, no one else. For the moment, um, but I'm looking forward to tr- uh, getting some lions on my team next year.
1: Yeah, i I absolutely am too. I don't know <laughs> if you're going to get DeAndre Swift on your team next year after he <laughs> uh, kind of crushed you this season, but Alvin Ross St. Brown is going to yeah. be a, a wide receiver one draft pick. Sure. Yeah,
0: Simon Ross and Brown will be, will probably be a BFF next year. So, ooh,
1: well, that means,
0: well, it, uh, I, it things. probably, <laughs> he, he might be too, I, it, it probably he will be drafted a little too high, but, um, yeah, I, I, Amon Ross, he's just, he's just so good. Awesome uh, like, how, that. when is he, he hasn't really killed you much. He has had just mammoth performances at points yeah, super and, consistent. uh, yeah he's just so good
1: and you know they might have Derek Carr as their quarterback this <laughs> year so let's go <laughs> um
0: I mean Derek Carr led uh Devontae Adams to a very nice wide receiver three uh true. finish right now so overall wide receiver three it would be like if it was he, he was like oh yeah he led Devontae Adams to like be the wide receiver 36 that would be right <laughs> disappointing so no overall wide receiver three that's what we're trying to say
1: yep for sure um yeah i totally agree with you with all of that for the lions and i'm excited for this game in Mm -hmm. you know something that you know obviously my my i don't really talk about the packers as a team that i root for very much uh, but my best friend since high school is a packers fan and uh, they're my super secret favorite team if you will. Oh uh, <laughs>
0: well, well that's good because I do not like them, so <laughs> uh
1: but so I I'm at least uh Aaron Rodgers is not uh I'm not a super secret fan pick of Aaron
0: Rodgers. Pick a s pick a secret team that I can enjoy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just despise all of these <laughs> teams. At least it's not the Steelers.
1: Uh that I mean that'd never happen anyways, but uh you better not be a Super I at least respect game. the Steelers. Well, we, we can respect Mike Tomlin. I don't yeah. know if we can respect the Steelers. Uh, anywho, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I agree. I just think it's going to be a fun game, and I really hope to see, despite my Super Secret fandom, I hope to see the Lions come out on top just because that's a, a better story. Um, let's dive into the next game here talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Who are their fate is closely tied as we talked about with the Lions, where the Lions need them to lose, and obviously the Seahawks need to win, and then they need Green Bay to lose. So the Seahawks need to win, and the Lions need to win, and then the Seahawks get in. There's also some nonsense where they could tie versus the rams and the lions and packers tie and the commanders tie against the cowboys and then the seahawks win or get into the playoffs without having to win but anyways that's not gonna happen um they are yeah, playing. i stopped
0: listening to i stopped <laughs> listening to the playoff scenarios about the time we said they need to win <laughs> so last thing i heard i think
1: so this is a, a much more likely win probability for the seahawks than the uh, lions have against the packers which should be a pretty even matchup where the seahawks are playing the la rams although i say that but the la baker mayfields have been a little bit in fuego lately they, um, and
0: they played them close early earlier this year mm-hmm. uh only a couple of weeks ago i think they only lost by four or so so um yeah even though the the rams have been a just raging dumpster fire this year uh weirder things have happened than the seahawks losing to the rams in week 18 right
1: so this is a game that i think is pretty straightforward but there are some injuries to be aware of where uh both of the main running backs, Kenneth Walker and D.J. Dallas, were they didn't practice on Thursday. Uh, Kenneth Walker with an ankle and an illness. Uh, but it's looking like he is just getting limited reps as he's recovering from this injury that he's had. And so he is expected to play, whereas D.J. Dallas may not play this weekend. If Kenneth Walker is there, then obviously he's going to get the the lion's share of the work. Uh, if Dallas is there as well, then he should steal some of that work, and I think Travis Homer would be the the backup if neither of them are there, but it's, um, yeah, that's a challenging I, spot.
0: I'd have to be desperate, I think, yeah. to, to turn to Travis Homer, assuming that... Um... I, I, I we probably won't even know until like an hour and a half before kickoff that, exactly that's the that that's happening so yeah
1: that can't be your plan that's uh if you're planning to start Kenneth Walker then maybe you have Travis Homer on your bench and mm-hmm. you could slot him in if he's inactive um in this same you know for the same team here Tyler Lockett as well is questionable he didn't practice on Thursday it I, I couldn't find the reports did he get hurt last week did he play the whole game i know he was coming into the game off of that uh hand injury but i you know now he's with a shin injury and so i'm not sure if he played the entire game he didn't have uh he doesn't have any numbers um
0: that i can see maybe he had two catches um yeah, he well, so he and DK Metcalf combined for three catches for 16, 16 yards, 18 yards, 18 I think. 18 yards, 18 yeah. yards. Um, he only played 32 percent of the offensive snaps, which okay. would imply to me that there was the he was not at full strength or aggravated something.
1: Yeah, so it seems like because this is such a must win game, you know, it's they win, Lions win, and they're in the playoffs the reporting that I've read is that they expect Tyler Lockett to play, but he may be very limited in this game. And that means that DK Metcalf is the only healthy main wide receiver. Uh, And check me on this too, but I'm pretty sure that Marquise Goodwin was placed on IR, uh, or at least he was ruled out last week. I, you know, if, if we're being real honest, I have not been quite as on point uh, about the NFL injury news after my leagues ended. Um, so some of these uh, extraneous players have not been as, uh, as peaked on my mind here. Um, but regardless, we yes, know it's
0: that- Marquise Goodwin. Uh, on IR. Marquise Goodwin on IR. Yes. All right.
1: Well, I'm proud of my memory there. Uh, so, There's the potential that it's basically just DK Metcalf as the only healthy wide receiver here. And so I actually really like him in this spot, even though I imagine he's going to see some pretty tough Jalen Ramsey coverage. But the Rams also don't really have much to play for. And so it'll be interesting to see. But DK Metcalf can go off for big plays at all, uh, you know, at any certain time. And the Seahawks really need to win this game.
0: Um, he did not make the document because um I think I had missed the Marquise Goodwin injury, but uh Laquan Treadwell is listed as their third wide receiver. Any uh any no. in- interest <laughs> there if in Lockett uh-uh. misses? Can't say there is.
1: Nope. Nope. I, I sure sure can't. <laughs> not that guy. Not this time. Um and then there is real human being colby parkinson I'm a real boy. uh that has also made the doc and you'll have to to give me some colby parkinson information um uh, well
0: he is a tight end okay, and that's helpful. i i pretty much always include a tight end for the team in the doc whether they are relevant or not and so colby parkinson is in the doc Noah Fants is Noah Fant hurt? Maybe Colby Parkinson was listed on <laughs> first on the depth chart when I looked up the depth chart this morning. Man, well,
1: you're not going to start these tight ends anyways, uh, so we don't have to spend time on it. But uh Colby Parkinson plays football, and that's a thing. Uh, I also
0: th- fan listed as questionable. Okay, and what is he? What's he got going on?
1: I know that we the the tight end room had sustained some recent injuries, but I think Noah Fant played. Um, so I don't know. You're not starting him, anyways. Though we probably don't need to know this. <laughs> if there's a we're si- committed. <laughs> if there's like a sixteen fourteen team league that has a week eighteen playoffs, you should leave that league immediately. You should write a memo. Right, a petition where you're
0: because where you're, where you're trying to figure out if you're starting Noah Fant
1: <laughs> right exactly Colby Parkinson or Noah Fant here uh, that's that's a tough one um, if you haven't found it yet we're moving on
0: <laughs> no I have not fi- found he actually did not what that the news I have is that he didn't have an injury designation entering the game on Sunday. So at some point, this questionable tag came around, but I don't actually see for what or when or how. Okay, well,
1: there you go. That's the hard-hitting, (laughs) well-researched fantasy analysis that you come to this show for. Um, Yeah, you're not starting him anyways. I think, you know, we'll talk about him in the speed round, but I think that DK Metcalf is a, a really excellent start, and you can stream a Geno Smith in this matchup as well, even though it's a tough matchup for quarterbacks. They, he's one of the few quarterbacks on the week that is actually truly playing for something. Um, so, yeah, it's a uh, start DK, Kenneth Walker and Geno Smith if Kenneth Walker is healthy. And I think I'd be benching Tyler Lockett depending on the news, just if we can see how limited he might end up being. Uh, and with that, uh, shall we get into the
0: Jaguars? Yeah, I just also want to say Gino's probably playing for a little bit more money, so oh, yeah. um, a little bit extra incentive for him as well. Yeah, and a starting spot, uh, potentially. Yes. The Jaguars are 8-8 eight and eight and are taking on the Titans, who are 7-9. and nine. It's a 40-point over-under, and the Jaguars are favored by 6.5, and, and I want the Jaguars to just punt the, tech, the Titans and any... Playoff hopes they have right into the sun, get them out of our lives. I we have talked about the we've talked about the Titans, I think, exactly one time because there's exactly one player that's relevant <laughs> on them, and that's Derrick Henry. And they have nothing else, and I don't want to watch them, yep. e- even like even with the absolute marvel that is Derrick Henry on their squad. Um, so. The Jaguars are coming off a weird game where if you look at their stats, you would be like, oh, did they just get blown out? But no, it's because they blew out the te- the Texans um, in a game that was 28-0 midway through the third quarter um, and included a 62-yard Travis Etienne run and a defensive score. So two of those touchdowns essentially just wiped out any chance of stats for any other player on the team um so like looking at the passing stats trevor lawrence only passed for 152 yards um no touchdowns and an interception but again uh, we're talking about a team going up against the texans they did not need to do that um all of this said i think that the all of the passing options here are uh very much in play and are in fact probably fantastic plays um the titans are not good against the pass uh allowing the fourth most points to quarterbacks the first two wide receivers and the fifth to tight ends so uh trevor lawrence i think is at worst a back end quarterback one with upside uh christian kirk a wide receiver two uh zay jones a wide receiver three with upside you could maybe even flex marvin jones who uh had seven targets six catches for 61 yards this last week 500 yards on the season might have some better options but you might not have some better options so um marvin jones is a risky flex but i do think he might be uh one that you could examine this week um And then Evan Ingram, who had a pretty atrocious week last week with just one catch for 16 yards, did also in- throw in a 13-yard rush. Um, but he had been on but, fire before that. Yeah, it was on fire before that, has 700 yards on the season, four touchdowns, I think is a solid tight end one like even like not even like the back end tight end ones that we usually disparage like Evan Ingram is actually yeah is actually like a top five to six option at the tight end position um a player that you will be starting but I would temper expectations with is Travis Etienne. uh he did not have a very good game against the Jaguar or sorry the Titans he plays for the Jaguars um he did not have a particularly good game against them the first time they played the titans have essentially just a straight run fun or pass funnel defense um because they're just so bad at at the defending the pass but are actually quite good at defending the run um they only allow the 29th most points to running backs um and it's not like a Texans situation where the, where they the can't do Texans. Yeah. yeah. The Texans can't do either, but they're just so bad at defending the, the run that everybody just runs for 200 yards on them. Uh, they're the Titans are actually good at stopping the run. So I would be a little hesitant with Travis ETN this week. Again, you, uh, I can't imagine a scenario where you're not starting him. Um, but maybe, as a high end running back two compared to the back end running back one that he's been for most of the season, um maybe even like a mid running back two in my view um i I think that the just the ceiling is not entirely there for him this week, uh even though he's explosive and uh could save his day with some some big runs so. Uh, he's kind of the only Jaguar I'm not excited for but everyone else I think um, you are playing with some level of of excitement and some level of optimism potential yeah optimism that they could uh, be upside plays yeah
1: yeah I agree with all of that I, I don't know zay Jones has kind of hurt me. At the end of this season, but it it could be a Zay Jones game for sure.
0: Um, let's wrap this up. I I have stopped trying to predict Zay Jones versus Christian Kirk games. Just start um, them both
1: every week. You'll get it right sometimes.
0: You'll get them right sometimes. You'll get demolished sometimes. But then every once in a while they'll have a ten catch game. So yep. you know it, it'll let's ride the wave. that That's just that's just the deal you got to make. Yep. Um, let's wrap
1: this up with the Philadelphia Eagles who are 13 and three playing against the New York giants who are nine, six and one. It is a 43 point over under, and the Eagles are favored by two whole touchdowns, 14 (laughs) points. And that has a lot to do with the fact that the giants appear to be resting a bunch of their starters because they have nothing to play Mm. for, uh, you know, per Dvorak in this, uh, this article that you can read about, they have clinched their playoff spot with no incentive that the giants will be the sixth seed no matter what. Um, so I don't expect that, uh, that they will be playing their starters and the Eagles should roll regardless of who is at quarterback. They have gotten into this situation where they need to win to clinch their first round by after losing two straight games with Gardner Minshew in the lineup, and losing last week twenty to ten to the Saints, who are not a good team Dreadful. this season, <laughs> uh, the Taysom Hill just ran all over the Eagles, and so this is a really interesting situation. That uh, Jalen Hurts was limited Thursday. It looks like he's going to be active, you know, recovering from that shoulder injury. Obviously. They, they're in a bit of a catch 22 because they want that first round by so that he can rest, but they also need him to rest, but they need to play him so that he can rest. So it's an interesting thing, but I could definitely see them. You know, he plays the first half and they're up 28 to 6, and then Gardner Minshew finishes the game potentially.
0: Well, they should also really just let him rest so that the NFL record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback remains in Carolina with cam Newton's 14 so that that we're uh, these are the really important things yeah that makes is that uh <laughs> is that we have the Carolina Panthers have this goofy record the only record that that they've ever literally no one literally no one except me has even mentioned I don't think that Jalen Hurts could have broken it this year so yeah you're Uh, welcome this is the content you only get on 25 yards later yeah
1: so I think that this is a situation obviously if Jalen Hurts doesn't play then Gardner Minshew is a a pretty interesting start Um, but if Jalen Hurts does play and you have him on your team, I think it is still worth starting him over some of the uncertain streaming options because even one half of Jalen Hurts could be 25 fantasy points. So it's a risky start, but I think it's one that in this situation is worth making. And then beyond that, it's just start everybody that you've been starting. Miles Sanders has played really well, obviously last week. uh, Didn't have as great a game, only 60 yards but they hardly had the ball. I think that they had, in the first half, they had run uh, like eight total plays, and two of those plays were punts. You know, it was like back-to-back three and outs, and they just didn't have the ball, and that was their first half. And so, obviously, it's tough for a running back to do much when they're not on the field at all. And so... With this, though, I think you're starting Miles Sanders. The Giants on defense are pretty average across the board, middle of the pack, and so they can be run on. And then A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are awesome. Devonta Smith has been Mm -hmm. super awesome lately uh, that with Minshew over 200 yards, two touchdowns, 17 catches in those two games, which is pretty ridiculous. And he obviously was good with Jalen hurts before too. He's been Devonta Smith is as we're doing our award show next week, he could be in consideration for sort of a playoff, uh, MVP, uh, maybe a bit of a sleeper for that, uh, for that spot. Um, and then
0: yeah. go ahead. And well, AJ Brown is going to be a player that I'm going to push for being on the all pro wide receiver list. So, right. Uh, yeah, because he's just been phenomenal this year. Yeah,
1: so you're starting both of them in this must-win game, and you're also going to be starting Dallas Goddard. Uh, the only spot that the Giants are pretty soft to is at the tight end position, and Dallas Goddard is in your lineup anyway. So this one is a pretty straightforward game, I think, outside of the Jalen Hurts versus Gardner Minshew spot. But if Hurts is active, then I think you put him in your lineup. He's not somebody that I'd put in the lineup in daily, Uh, just because there isn't that same upside. But in your season-long, in your championship week, if Jalen Hurts is back, you start Jalen Hurts.
0: Yeah. Um, And we talked about the Eagles a couple weeks ago, um, and Minshew is, is, is... Not a significant enough downgrade to where he hurts these two wide receivers. Like Elijah said, they've played very well with uh, Minshew at quarterback. So um, you're firing both players up as wide receiver one options um, and are not super worried about either of them, I think. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's uh, wrap up with our speed round.
1: So we already talked about DK Metcalf and the Seahawks preview, uh, but we're going to do a pretty much exclusively uh, daily or betting speed round here, since the majority of folks aren't going to be playing in their championship games and their redraft leagues. So DK Metcalf is only $21 in Yahoo's daily format, $3 cheaper than Tyler Lockett, who, as I mentioned, is very questionable to play and even more questionable to play a full complement of snaps against the Rams on Sunday. Um, So I really like him at this $21 price in daily where it's hard to find players with that much opportunity at that price at wide receiver.
0: Uh, two running backs that I am high on this week in DFS are Najee Harris and Cam Akers. Both have fantastic matchups and are reasonably reasonably priced. With Najee at twenty four dollars and Akers at twenty five. Uh, Akers is certainly riskier since the Rams have nothing to play for, but a uh, for a player that was you know pretty much discarded and an afterthought earlier in this year. Uh, he's finished with over a hundred total yards or a touchdown in five straight games. Uh, meanwhile, Najee is playing on a Steelers team that needs some help to make the playoffs. Um, but I think have like a one in eight chance to make it. So are not, uh, that's a non insignificant chance to, to make it if they win. Um, uh, Najee's also been better than you kind of remember I think he has uh, at least 10 points in a few straight games now um, I had pulled that but unfortunately it did not make the exact number but it did not make it into the doc that's uh, fine it's um, <laughs> so um, but the matchups for both players are within the top six in fantasy points allowed per game to running backs Uh, so I think that both are very good plays this week. Um, again, with the one caveat that acres doesn't really have much to play for.
1: Yeah. And I, I was actually going to talk about acres and in my speed round when I was first looking at it, because i like that price as well and decided against it because it's a little risky, but I really like the pick. And I think that for the Steelers just, you know, we usually don't do this in the speed round, but I think this is a great. Point that you're making, and so I want to add to we it, make the rules it's fine <laughs> <laughs> um, that you know not only are the Steelers playing for a potential playoff spot, but they're also playing to continue a record for Mike Tomlin of not finishing a season below 500 like ever and so they're even if they don't make the playoffs, I know that it's going to be important to him and important to the team to play for that so I expect Najee to play a lot of this game and not see any reduced workload in that uh, in that respect as well Um, so you know me i always like to talk about defenses and there are a lot of affordable defensive options in daily this week and this should as well i'm gonna give the caveat that this should be a decision that is based 100 on who the starting skill players will be on the other side of the field so pay attention to the news and basically pick the defense that is playing against backups because that's going to mm. probably turn out pretty well. Um the Dolphins are one of those teams that they're going to be playing against a mystery quarterback at this point. We don't know if Mike White plays, if he doesn't, then their options are not very good. And then also the Bengals are at $11 as well, which they're a really good defense and they're playing against Tyler Huntley. So I think those you know bottom, you know bargain bin pricing for defense those could be things that are pretty plug and play based on the news into those uh, Yahoo daily lineups.
0: And finally, I felt like it would be appropriate to end the uh, last preview episode of the regular season with one final betting line prediction. Um, We are notoriously bad at these. We think no one really knows. (laughs) Um, We did not keep track of it, but it feels like we're notoriously bad at it um but i i feel good i feel good about this one so the last i checked the texans and colts had an over under of 38 points um which means that to hit the over at least one of these teams will have to reach 20 points and the other one will have to probably hit double digits as well um I don't know if you noticed these teams are bad. <laughs> They're not good. No. So, uh I take the I would take the under. I think and I'd sleep pretty well <laughs> knowing that I took the under, I think, if I was allowed to bet in the state. <laughs> so, um yeah, that uh that seems like a smash play to me. Um anyways, that is our show. We did it, Elijah. We made it through. We did the, it. The regular season 2022 to 2023. Yeah. Another full season down. Look at yeah. us go. Um, we will be back next week um, with a awards show that we've teased a little bit. Uh, our second annual awards show, I think. I don't mm-hmm. think we did one in our, Correct. our, our little soft launch, like half a season that we did. Uh, our first year um but uh we will do that and then we will switch to our off-season schedule of like roughly one episode a month yeah Um, we'll we'll see how it shakes out we'll see what's interesting (laughs) see what's interesting see if we have any like special episodes or collabs or anything that we are able to work out and then uh But yeah, uh, overall, you'll probably not hear too much from us during the offseason, but we will still be here. We will still keep that subscribe button hit so you get all the new episodes whenever they drop. Um, But yeah, if you have uh, a championship game this week, good luck. If you have already had it, we hope you won your championship game. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm Nick Luciano. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick G. Luciano. And I am
1: Elijah Motika. You can follow me at Elijah Motica. And of course, be sure to follow the show at 25YLFF and rate and subscribe anywhere
0: you listen to podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening. And we will see you 25 yards later 25 25 yards later later.
1: thank you for listening to 25 yards Later. later ruminations radio network's fantasy football podcast audio editing by mitch proctor and music by elijah motika